Hi. Oh, hello. Hello. I'm getting bars. Mmm. As long as you're not behind them, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What? It was, a jail, as ref- oh. it was a jail reference. It was a jail reference. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you don't want to be behind bars. Yeah, you can get them, but don't be behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. But don't be behind them. I guess I worded it wrong. I've got to work on my material. But don't be... No, you said it right. I'm just stupid. As long as you're not behind them. That's, that was my opener line. Yeah. And then I worded it differently the second time. Yeah. Wording's key on... Uh, you could word, I think, like one wrong word when you throw out a joke or you accentuate it the wrong way. Yeah. It'll flop. It fucks it up. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering... Talk? Hello, hello, talk. Like, do you want this, do you want this to be, be closer? Hello? You're going way into the red. I'm, I'm probably in? just nitpicking at this point, but I'm just... I want to get this set up because I sent uh, Montre Livingston a message that said, um, when are you going to take your panties off and be on my podcast? <laughs> so I want to, like, get this shit legit. Hey. <laughs> hey, Montre. <laughs> People... I was thinking about this yesterday and today. We're living in a hangover. Uh, we lived in a culture of fear for the longest time. People are afraid of everything. Yep. Very true. And especially they're in afraid, the States. They're afraid to reveal themselves. They're afraid of what, well, also, uh, what was brought up at Dallas's stag, I, it was like, as I was falling asleep and everyone was still staying up, they were talking about how good you are at putting people in the hot seat. <laughs> Am I? But not in a bad way at all. Yeah, it's a fine balance, right? I don't want to yeah. piss people off, but at the same time, you've got to push them a little bit. It's endearing the way that you put people in the hot seat. You, cool. you make it light. I, got, I, I still have a lot to learn. Um, Nardwar is so good at that. Yeah, yeah. You get such a good res- like the, the key is to get a good response out of people. Whether yeah. it's making them uncomfortable or inspiring them or, like, whatever. Like, there's so many different ways you can do that. But it's just all about, like, getting people to open up or just show, like, an interesting side of themselves. Yeah. I think it's, like, the unexpected is very important. Like, when people are forced to deal with the unexpected, you get a really truthful response. Yeah, and he goes deep on his research. Like, he yeah. really surprises people with the connections that he makes and the questions. Oh, yeah. And, Usually if people are, it, it, it reveals uh, what celebrities and, and musicians and stuff are dicks and which ones aren't yeah. for the most part too. Because yeah. there's so many people who try and put on a, f- on a front and like they think that Nardwar is trying to be like an asshole or to make fun of them or something and they try and do it back but then they end up looking bad because he's so smart the way that he does it. Exactly. Man, filming him and Weird Al go back and forth, my head almost exploded. Wow. That was like the battle of uh, the wits or, or something. Was- so what was that like? So you filmed an interview with Nardwar and Weird Al. I was really fucking nervous, and I was sweating a lot. <laughs> where, where were you sweating on your body? Um, my head. Well, there was also a light that... Yeah. Because I still, like, 
I know how to make stuff, but sometimes if you don't know the camera and the audio and, and depending on the room, if there's only one night light, you don't know where to place it. And there's someone coming in who's worked with professionals. Fuck. I was sweating on my head. Shit. You didn't want to fuck up. No, no. <laughs> and it was like a borrowed camera. It was like a shittier camera that he borrowed that time. Oh, but, really? Yeah. I just remember like those things always, but it, like most of the important stuff in life, those things always feel like a dream. Like after they're, they're over, I'll feel like really like high on life yeah, after no like shit. going through any shit like that. It feels like it's not happening in the moment. Yeah. And then it takes so long to process what just happened. Like not even just filming an interview, but even like just important moments. It's like that you're sweating and you're like, your body's in like, it's like on a weird autopilot mode. And sometimes when you speak, you don't even know what's coming out of your mouth. Like you can't really, yeah. I think it's such a healthy breakdown when you have experiences like that, where like, if you look at it from the view of like a 15 year old Joey, like you would think, Oh my God, like I made it. I'm so successful. I'm filming Nardwar and weird Al, but then like to actually experience that it's a total breakdown of your, your, your sense of like, putting people up on a pedestal because they're really, they're just people. Yeah. And they needed a guy to come film. Like it's, it, it breaks down the glamor side of things and it's just like, okay, they're just weird. Al's just a guy that really likes to make music. And Nardwar is a guy that really likes to interview people and they're, they are awesome, but they're just people. Weird Al. Fuck. He's a smart motherfucker, isn't he? He's uh yeah. What I got from, from meeting him in that moment is he's, He's like any good uh, director or musician. I mean, his name's Weird Al, but he seemed so focused and on point. Yeah. With he's, anything he, that came at him, like he he's strikes like, me. I don't know if I'm right, but he just like the impression I get is that he's total straight edge. Like he seems like he doesn't touch. Drugs no, not, or he's, alcohol. Uh, he can like put his, he's been doing yoga for so long. He's one of the people that can like take his leg and just put it behind his head. Really? Yeah. He, I think he's really yoga and, and health obsessive might be a vegetarian. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure if he does. And I, the, the weirdest stuff that you can get out of yourself is the stuff that comes from like that place of complete clarity. Yeah. It's interesting though. Like that's something like there's people like. Steve Pavlina and um, who's that director who did uh, he the, the, he fishes for ideas? What's his David name? David Lynch. Same David thing. David Lynch. No drugs, no alcohol, and they like preach that. They preach that like the way to complete clarity is to not do that. To be very healthy, to meditate, to do yoga, to be very physically healthy and clear-headed. And um, but it's funny because you you look up to those people and I look up to those people to a certain degree, but we both, we have a different take on it. We both, we do like to drink Mm -hmm. and we do see value in, in getting fucked up. That, that, uh, thing that you posted to Twitter captured it really well in an image. There was like that room, that one side was like pristine and white and the other side, I didn't watch the thing, but I just saw the freeze for the video and the other side was like art graffiti everywhere. Yeah, that's just, what I, yeah, that's I the way I always cool. think of it. If I'm if I'm on one side of the room, I want to be on the other, and if I'm on the other side of the room, I want to be on the other. Or I want to be right in the middle. 
for the listeners who don't know what I'm, what he's talking about, I put a video on my Twitter. Follow me at Solitaudity, <laughs> and it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting video. Some graffiti artists took a white room and they painted it to shit, like filled up every crevice with like tags and pieces and just color. But they only did half the room. So half the room is completely white and very clean. And the other half is just completely covered in graffiti. I found that so cool. If you go fishing in the clean part of the room, or do like, or fuck, the easiest way to say it, yeah, as if if your ocean's too crazy and there's too much going on, you're not going to know, you're not going to have like the clear idea of what fish you want to catch. Yeah. Like on that side of the room to be able to focus really hard on and go deep into one idea, that's yeah. the problem. I think, well, I think David Lynch is a big fan of coffee. I understand that. But he's also, he meditates. Uh, he's, he's, he says he hasn't missed a meditation for 35 years and he does it twice a day. So, I mean, that's like the white room. So if you go fishing and you're that clear, you'll find some good shit. He, and well, he's think- a really good person. Sorry to cut you off. He's a really good person uh, at grabbing things. He doesn't even know why he puts them in the movies, but he just he felt them when he was when he was meditating, and he'll get an idea. He'll just get hooked on it, and he'll start from there. It doesn't have to be like a story or anything. He'll just know that an idea. What does he say? For Blue Velvet, I saw white picket fences and the song. It was like some '50s song and flowers, and that was Blue Velvet. Like. <laughs> Didn't even make any sense, but that's just yeah. what he wanted to do. And he knew he wanted to do it. I love the analogy of going fishing and, pro- yeah. and, and going deep. Like yeah. the, the, fishes, the, the, the fish that swims way under the surface is bigger and, and grander than the fish that are at the surface. It's such a good analogy for like searching for ideas. And searching for ideas is such an abstract concept. Like, how do you how do you go about like searching ideas? It's all about putting yourself in a state where you're capable of like having those really interesting, really deep thoughts. A big part of it for me, I think, is to is to try to um, to like separate myself from what's going on in, in the environment and not take anything for granted. Like we we're stuck in these bodies, right? And we and we we see everything around us and we just think it's so normal. You know, there's, there's a watch, there's an iPhone, there's a computer, there's a coffee, there's a bed, and, and it's just so normal. But, but I think to, to find ideas, for me, a big part of it is to look at everything as like, holy shit, it's not normal. This, this computer in front of me, there's nothing, nothing normal about it. This, this era, this place that I exist in, no one has existed in this for like the 100,000 years or however humans have been around. Like this environment is not what they were in. They were in caves. They were, they were in like primitive environments. And all of a sudden like we're talking through Skype and we're recording it and we're putting on the internet. There's nothing natural about it and it's exciting. And it's so psychedelic. But then, but it's really easy to just be like, yeah, it's normal. That's just like the world we live in, you know, because that's what surrounds you. We live in the best time right now this is such an exciting time but it's so hard to to try and uh keep your cool man yeah man (laughs) it'll get you it's hard to keep your cool it's hard to know how to navigate this there it's we're we're existing in such we're we're on top of so many layers and layers of 
discovery and knowledge and it's and it's so it's so hard to understand everything and understand what's going on like something that bothers me is when people seem so arrogant and confident that they know something it's like oh yeah okay there there's a there's a pen and they know that it's a pen they can label it as a pen so that that's a done deal they have a word for it therefore they understand it but but <laughs> there's so there's an infinite number of layers to understand what a pen is you have to understand ink where does ink come from you have to understand plastic how do they make plastic how do they print these designs on a cylinder surface how do they make a, a felt that ink can come out in a smooth way there's so many layers of discovery no just because you know the word pen doesn't mean that you understand the a pen or you can make a pen <sighs> that's complex that's how you get your that you think of ideas by breaking shit down like you break it down sometimes i guess that i think doing that it, 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 i think it's a great exercise to put me in a state of getting ideas yeah. is when i can find wonder and awe in anything cuz there's oh, yeah. there's wonder and awe to be found in anything and then i, I think through that like mind state through that through that uh, thought pattern you put yourself in a state where interesting ideas can come to you cuz you're not taking things for granted there was that you're study not- that said marijuana increases awe right I, yeah, it definitely does from personal experience. <laughs> but, I, but, my theory with that is it always just uh, um, it gets you back to what was it that it cuts out certain parts of your brain, so it's almost like you're seeing things for the first time. Like almost, it's like you get a childhood, like a childlike lens. Yeah, it's awe is like directly related to. It's like a the fresh inner child. You see things really fresh. Yeah. But if you're older and you have layers of experience, life experience, then you can see it from many different angles. Yeah. Pens are fucking awesome, man. They are. They're wonderful. Pens are so good. They're tools. They're an extension of our mind. Yeah. All, like all technology. Oh, yeah, that's true. That. That's it's true. weird that it's interesting to think about the technology that we've created and, and like why we've created it. And it's, it's all for the purpose of extending our own intent like our own tools right like it's we want to it's a perfect reflection of what humans want like what do we want we want to connect with each other we want to create and then we create these technologies that that accentuate our ability to do all that stuff we literally live in condensations of our imagination yeah i love that literally We literally live in condensations of our imagination. Yeah. That's like where you have to, that's, that's a head exploder, that one. Yeah. If you start looking at things as like, yeah, it all came from an imagination. It didn't come from, like this desk didn't drop out of the sky. No. (laughs) We use materials of the earth to create our environments. Everything is an idea. That, that's, that is so fucked up and it's so obvious but when you when you when I heard it said, and this was only like a few months ago that I heard it said for the first time, it just changed yeah. everything. It was like, holy shit, that's true. Everything. If you're in a house right now, look around you and everything is an idea. Everything is layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of discoveries and ideas. 
that that humans they 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 had an intent they wanted to make make life better and they like millions of ideas surround you everywhere you look is an idea oh we're going to cut potatoes into thin slices and then we're going to fry them and then we're going to put salt on them and flavoring we're going to make potato chips <laughs> How awesome is that? Thank you, whoever made potato chips. Yeah. I was enjoying some yesterday. They were so good. Miss oh, Vicky's yeah. jalapeno. Oh, I, I hit some of those last night. Probably we went, some of the better oh, chips so good. available. Yeah. Jalapeno, Miss Vicky's, they're legit. We went and uh, a really fun thing to do is like, usually we'll get like a big bag of chips. But <laughs> yesterday we went and we got like a, a bunch of little bags of chips. Oh, I've done so that we could before. have like an assortment. Oh, it was so fun. And I haven't gotten candy for a long time, but I got a little oh. bag of candy. Holy shit, that's good. It's so good. You know what's amazing that I've been getting a lot? I think they're new. Um, have you had Swedish fish yet? No. Okay, remember, like, you know Swedish berries and big feet? Like, yeah. the, the taste? Yeah. It's like that style of candy, like, in terms of taste and texture and, and chewiness. Yeah. But um, there's different flavors now. So imagine like yellow big feet, green big feet, and orange big feet. It's like the best candy. I went to Walmart to get some. Damn. And uh, it was like the last bag. Like every other candy was stocked. So I guess Swedish fish are like, uh, they must be new. Because they seem new. to be quite popular. I recommend that. Shit, eh? Yeah. What'd you get for candy? Like what? I got like five cent? It was like a, an, an, a pre. Uh, assembled bag. You know how you can get those? It's like a buck and it's just like a mix. It's like a surprise bag. Yeah. And it was so... It, I had a bit, one big uh, sour soother. Those soothers... Oh, God. I love the sour, like, like coated with the sour sugar. Those and the big, chewiness of those are really good. So good. They kind of stick to your teeth, but, but yeah. they're so good. And you can suck on them and it's like, like a sweet sour. Oh, it's perfect. And then those little bottle... I love the little... Uh, bottles cola bottles um there's cola bottles which i do love and then there's like the pinkish ones you know they're not not cola bottles they're they're like pinkish so they're like cream soda yeah they're really good too i gotta try those it's so funny it's the same thing as like um that that clear headed thing you know or sorry yeah like clear clear clean living or whatever (laughs) <laughs> people who say shit like no no i don't eat candy or i don't eat chips it's like oh, you're fucking missing out then yeah you're seriously not eating candy or chips yeah like you're going to eventually that's what i want to tell those people you're going to eventually yeah. you're going to slip eventually well sometimes you genuinely don't like certain things or you genuinely like i think like i'm not a huge candy person like once in a while i can do candy um but you, when you want some candy or you want yeah. some chips or a burger, like a burger, fries, and soda. Yeah, let yourself have it. You've got to let yourself have it. It's important. It's, all a, it's a balance. Like, it's a big balance. That's why I have trouble listening to, like, David Lynch and Steve Pavlina talk about, like, like not touching these things. Like, not, like I can respect that mentality. I do, yeah. I, I do think, like... There would be a certain value in not drinking, not doing drugs, not eating candy, not just sustaining from it all. But at the same time, like for me, I just don't see that working. Like I draw so much from the, those pleasures. Yeah, because how fun was it to eat candy? It was so fun. <laughs> and it's, it's within moderation. Like I'm not going to sit there and eat candy all day. Like my whole thing is like I'm going to eat. 
I'm going to eat a, a, a lot of healthy food, but I'm also going to eat a lot of shitty food. And I think like it's just important to get those nutrients into you. And as long as you're getting a healthy diet, then you can eat some chips. You can eat some candy. And, and it's just going to – if you just sustain from that, a lot of people sustain themselves. And then it's like this. It's like abstain? the elastic. They t- abstain? What did I say? I don't know. Sustain is sustain abstain. themselves. Is Ab- sustain is consistent, I think. Abstain. Ab- is it abstain? abstain. Abs- it's like the elastic, right? Uh, they talk about the elastic where you pull so far in one direction and it's so unbalanced that eventually that elastic is going to s- slip. And eventually, like, if you're, like, 35 and you've been monogamous or um, what's when you don't have sex? Uh... Abstinence? Oh, abstinence. Oh yes, abstain. Abs- abstinence. Abstain. Yeah, abstinence. Yeah. If you're if you're 35 and you've never had sex, oh, you're gonna figure out other ways to. Uh, Holy shit! You're gonna figure out other Crazy. ways to get that that little urge out. It's like all these priests that end up like molesting boys because they abstain for so long and then they just get fucked in the head. Like that's what happens with with people that abstain from anything that they really want. But no, 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 it's bad. It's bad. That's, that's our nature. It's like if something's bad, you want it so bad. Guilt. Guilt. <laughs> Guilt. Guilt. That's why uh, I find if you let yourself have that stuff and you're really good at fig- like just let your body tell you how it feels after and you're not going to yeah. have it that often. Especially sometimes if you actually like taste it and enjoy the taste or, or enjoy the sweetness or whatever. Like if you really take a drink out of a can of Coca-Cola and enjoy it, you won't need to like drink a 500 milliliter. Like sometimes you can have like just a few sips and enjoy the taste and get what you need from it. Yeah. I guess it's bad when it becomes a habit. Like you really need to learn the difference between if it's habitual or if it's like a, a rare pleasure. Like it's, to have a soda every day, oh. that's really bad for you. Like, that's really bad for you. There's so much. Don't, uh, don't drink a soda every day. Like, fuck that. It's soda? You're drinking a soda? Like, fuck. Have a coffee. When I'm, when I'm hard on myself health-wise, I think about that. This is people who drink, like, a two-liter every day. That is what, if you, I, I swear to God, if you removed soda from the grocery store the obesity rates would go down like significantly i think a large part of obesity is is to you can blame it on soda people yeah they drink fucking two liter every fucking day they have a two liter (laughs) there's an amazing character in uh fuck the mike judge movie the one that he made after idiocracy there's an amazing uh where they're sharing two liters. Like, every scene, they're, like, sharing a two-liter of pop, these two dudes. Shit. Um, Mike Judge has some amazing comments on that shit. Yeah. But I remember we were talking about it. I sent you that video. You and my sister, I sent you guys a video where I just walked along the chip aisle in, a, <laughs> in the grocery store and panned up and down. And if you actually remove yourself and think about how big the chip and pop aisle is in a grocery store it goes on for a really long time yeah and they're they're paired up together too holy shit they're always paired up together yeah if um if if coca-cola wanted to sponsor you like if coca-cola said all right joey we'll pay you 
$200,000 a year and you're going to make videos and uh, all you need to do is put a Coke logo at the beginning of the videos that you make, would you, would you take the 200 grand? Uh, yeah, I think I, that's a tough question. It's a really tough question. I, I always look at, um, at the, not anything to do with, with, uh, mushroom blading or any of that, not anything attached to like our videos. No, but outside of that, if it was like through the business, yeah, I probably would. I would through the business, but I wouldn't through, uh, so if, if Coke said, man, we just love these mushroom blading videos and we'll, we'll, we'll give you $200,000 a year and you can make whatever you want. You don't, you don't have to put like Coke through it, but just at the beginning of the video, you just have to put a Coca-Cola logo. I, it would, there would have to be, uh, in the contract, a disclaimer where I'm allowed to talk before the Coke symbol <laughs> comes up. <laughs> Then I would do it. Consume responsibly. <laughs> Enjoy Coca-Cola once in a while. <laughs> Not a two liter every day. <laughs> yeah, something like that. They wouldn't let me do it, but that... I don't know. I, I would definitely sell out given the chance, but I would want to do it in a, in a proper way. Yeah. And I don't think selling out is going to be a thing anymore as we go on. I and. The people will still be able to sell out, but um, I think uh, uh, it's going to be one melting pot where it won't be some giant sum of money offered. Who knows, though? I don't know. But I, I, I have a very important question to ask you. Oh, ask. It's not that important. Oh. <clears throat> oh the follow-up question to the question is important. Okay. Did you watch the Bo Coddington Older Blader edit? No. Oh, okay. Did you? Shit. Yeah, I did. I did. And it, uh, I, I can't, I can't go into it cause you haven't seen it. Hmm. Should I go watch it and then we'll, yeah, you should, it? you should go watch it and then we'll resume. Okay. Cause of the follow up question. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give, it's pretty much just how, how does it make you feel? So watch it. Okay. I'm going to pee and watch it. Okay. And then I'll call you back. Cool. Okay. Hello? Okay, lots of things to say. Okay, you go for it. Go, go, go. Let's go. Okay, just watched uh, the OG edit. Um, older blading. O- older blading. Okay. Um, please, if you're a role blader and you're filming, I urge you to stop using a hero cam. <laughs> please. I think uh, I think hero cams suck. I made a hero cam edit, and I used to own a hero cam, and I didn't use it a lot because it sucks. They're good if they're still, like you did some still shots, if you just set it up, but you do need something like with a bit of a zoom on it, I think. Yeah. Well, the thing that really bugs me about it is the sound quality. Oh. The sound quality is fucking terrible. It's like it's someone tearing horrible. your ears out. And people don't realize the importance was, of sound. Was so, there a okay. lot of was there a lot of hero? Oh, not that only that, good. but DSLRs, Todd. The sound is like the on like a like a the DSLRs, right? Like using picture cameras, the sound is um, a little bit better than a hero. 
But anyways, okay. So people people are very focused on having high quality video footage. They need to be equally focused on having high quality sound footage or more concerned with high quality sound footage. Sound is so important in robot yeah. videos. Anyway. I think there was some of that stuff didn't even have the sounds in it. Or maybe all of it's had sounds. I don't know. I think it all had sounds. I could really hear the the, the hero cam. It was really exciting to see a lot of those guys do tricks like uh Tim Ward had a trick. Yeah, the Aussies killed it. Yeah, Josh Jason Clark, Marshall, Blake Dennis, Josh that. Clark, Blake Dennis. Like, there were so many people. I was like, whoa, like, so excited to see uh, clips. Robert Leovanos is still, hold, like, he's still really sick. Those crazy yeah. peyote spins he does, like, he's doing that on a, on a level that no one else is doing those. Yeah. Um, obviously, Louis Zamora. Those adapts look sick. They look was like Was he rams. skating in those adapts? I was going to ask you what skates he was in. When you uh, for the first bit he was in volos and then yeah. the second bit he had those adapts and they look actually quite a bit like the they old remedies sick. when he was wearing those jean shorts. Yeah, I was like, are those rems? What are those? Yeah, okay, those so, are adapts. That was we were they talking about. Really that good. was the company that Mike Lilly just got added to. Cool, very yeah. cool. And I heard, yeah, Mike, that's that's really that's really interesting. So, Mike Lilly should be the most celebrated rollerblader. He's the best. Mike Lilly is the best, Joey. But, uh... Um, okay, keep going. There were so many people that I was really excited to see, and I, and, and I was really impressed with the skating. I really liked the skating and, and the editing. Bo Coddington is really good uh, at putting things together and, and putting music to, to skating. I, the, the, I, I guess the title of it, Older Bladers, really dampened the experience for me. Um, I think there are no older bladers. I think, like, if you're... What were those people in the edits, like, in their early 30s? <laughs> yeah, probably. And they're saying older? Like, fuck off. You're not older. Like, stop. I think this distinction, I guess, it, it really took away from the edit for me. Like, though, they're just ninjas. And they're not... You're not older. Like, this is 2012. If you're older, you're in your 50s. Okay? Yeah. That is older. You're a young man. If you're in your early 30s, like if it was the 90s, like I don't know, like, um, yeah, we're not older. No. I think people have to stop thinking of themselves as older. We're like, just you're getting not older. started figuring you're out what this is. You're just getting started. Whole... You're a baby. Look at the Rodney Mullen TED Talk. That dude's in his mid 40s. Okay. Oh, God. And yeah, we'll never, talk about that after. That, he's in but, his mid-40s. That is older. He can say he's older, but, like, there are no older rollbladers. Like, it's silly. Like, um, um, yeah, that was a, a, a thought I had. Um, but I, I, I was really stoked to see a lot of those people, like, still skating really good. I, I, I wish that more of them were, like, re more celebrated. I guess, like... There's like a tendency to like write it off because it's like older bladers. This like brings it, up it so many. It doesn't count. It doesn't uh, count. But but a lot of those people, they're like they should be at the top of like whatever pinnacle of rollblading there is. Like those are the true ninjas of skating. Those are the the wise men. It shouldn't be like oh these are these are the old timers. They're they're not as good. Like a lot of the stuff. I don't know. What did you think of of the edit? Um. I watched it once, and I, w I had so many mixed feelings that I just waited a while, reflected on it, and I think a couple days later or a day later, I, 
I watched it again and then I wrote a bunch of stuff. And, uh, and the first thing I wrote was that it confirmed some feelings that are very difficult to articulate. That's what I wrote. That I, I just feel like there's so much going on in that, that, that um, I'll feel like such mixed emotions. I'll feel really happy and excited and I'll feel really sad and depressed. <laughs> like I, I feel a bunch of things when I watch that. Um, my favorite tricks, first off, my favorite tricks uh, were none of them were grinds. Uh, Drew Bacharach rode upstairs on on rec skates. He rode up like four stairs or something like that. And Tim Ward's backflip thingy, like just ungrabbed crazy flip on the weird piece of architecture, not that a grind. And Chris Edwards, the toe spin thing that he did was really cool. Yeah, that was really sick. I was really impressed with that. And if you look in the background, his signature frame is also in the shot. Oh, promotion. <laughs> he set it up. Yeah. Um, the, I think you kind of touched on it. That whole, this whole idea of like people being older and skating, I don't get that whole thing. <laughs> well, because like in, in, their, in that same way of thinking, you are older. You're 30. I don't so want to be in their eyes. You're considered an older blader, but, but you're not a... an older blader. You're a young man. You're a young dude. Richie There's Eisler was in that. Richie? He's at, yeah, that he's, at top of, he's at the top of his game. He's not an older blader. He's a wizard no. blader. He's a wizard. He's in his, the prime. He's not even in his prime. He's still young. Yeah. He's what is he like? 32, 33? Like we meet, we got to get over this, like this idea that being 30 is old. Fuck that. We're kids. We're, we're, no, we're ninjas. We're wizards. We're warriors. That, uh, that's another thing. Uh, and, and, um, yeah, the edit's really good. The edit's going to be really good for skating, especially if it's just volume one. I hope lots of people see it and want to be in volume two, uh, but it's too bad. It's going to, the series is going to be called older blading. That's, I think that's just what it's going to be. But, um, some of the things I get like this weird feeling sometimes that, uh, like I'm an incredibly positive person. And I love seeing people skate, but I, I feel like if some of these people had a little bit more encouragement and uh, and went out skating more, they could really start to develop their style. Like there were some people like John Starr still looks yeah. like his style is so distinct. If if these people like I want these people to put out more stuff, and it's so hard. Like we think that we don't have enough time, but we have lots of time to make stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm sure like a lot of those people, they're, they're married and have kids and everything, but I, I just, it gave me this feeling that like skating is such a gift to some of these people. And, and if they keep doing it, like if they're just getting back into it or whatever, if they skate once in a while, like you should just keep, keep following it. I don't know. I don't think it should be something that you do once in a while for fun. If you, if you do it more often, it starts to blossom into something better, you know? And really believing in yourself as, like, a legitimate, like, contribution to role budding. Like, the John Starr example is perfect. Like, that guy, he has to realize how important he is to role budding. He has to realize that he's still relevant. Like, I think a lot of those people that are coming from California are, they're, they're coming at it with the experience of, like, being a young hotshot coming out of California 
And so, so their their whole perception on everything's distorted because they were young and they were making a lot of money. Like that's that's a freakish thing. And so they they think like, oh, now I'm just like an OG. I'm just an older blader. And like, yeah, I still got some skills, but that's as far as it goes. And like, those people need to be celebrated a lot more than they are. Like the John Stars, like the Wizards, like the the, the people who have such distinct style and so much potential to like influence role playing in a really positive way and uh, and really like uh, make amazing shit like imagine if John Starr really focused on creating something that oh, was his... like if he had a lot of confidence and he said to himself I'm fucking John Starr and I'm gonna fucking like I'm gonna put something together that is is really what I want at this stage and he spent a lot of time thinking about like what what am I? What what is John Starr? What can I do that's gonna, you know, like? Fuck his not- section in perspectives is so good. And when I got to watch him skate yeah. in person, he was doing such simple stuff, but it was just so it was his thing. Yeah. He was doing like abstract five forties and like really nice fakey threes. Yeah. And he he made me want to do those things, you know. And yeah. I could see other people do them, but it was the way that he did them. Some some the way that he used his skates. Yeah. yeah. There's so much power in, like, robotting needs to celebrate older, these people, these wise. It's not even, don't use the word old. Don't use the word older. Use the word wise. Wise, wise wiser bladers. Wise bladers. Wise bladers. (laughs) Experienced bladers. Like, it's like, it it, it seems derogatory, almost, like older, like the word older. Maybe we're just getting too caught up in syntax, but, like, the word older is, like, older and 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 weak and frail that like, i think i'm um, a derogatory word you're using hmm. a derogatory word for these wizards <laughs> yeah i think uh how dare you we're really lucky still though that uh people that have grown up in canada and have continued skating or in australia i think one thing that i found about uh the australian Australian generals, kind of like Canada, like people that are removed from any any industry bullshit and don't have any attachments, really. Yeah. Like if you you and I have never been involved in anything industry, and our outlook on skating is healthier because of it. We didn't have to like leave skating because it left us or something, or like we didn't get <laughs> dropped from a company or whatever. Like yeah. when a lot of people were gone, we made videos like. And we were still following some kind of a vision and really passionate, you know? Yeah. So we don't even know the idea, really, of older bladers. No. Like, I don't think I've ever really told myself, like, or anyone, like, oh, I'm getting old or whatever. I've always, like... I've said it in, like, in a humorous way. Like, in a humorous... It's, like, it's an excuse. All it is is an excuse or, like, a funny thing. It's like, oh, getting too over this shit. Like, it's a funny... It's, <laughs> that, that's it's a funny. funny thing. That's funny, yeah. Like, But when... Oh, but the thing is, if anyone watches you skate, though, or if... Like, I still get ID'd at the liquor store. I, I swear it, the way that you think of yourself is, like, a fountain. You have a fountain of youth inside of you that you can drink from, you know? Yeah, and that's important. I think role biting really keeps you young in a lot Good. of ways. Because you're just exercising your inner child. So with that industry shit, a lot of these people... Buff inner child. It should be called the Buff Inner Child Blading, Volume (laughs) 1. Bo, you can have that. It's (laughs) yours. I won't say you. Take it. I I think 
there's so many, so much shitty shit that happened industry wise, like that. Uh, th- this is why it's so hard to articulate this shit that um, there was no structure created in rollerblading, and there still hasn't been where older people who are going in a bunch of different directions get celebrated. They get pushed out constantly. And by who, I don't even understand. Like, is it because razors or like what company, you know, hot young, you know, whoever the hot new skater is. I just don't get it. I don't get why we could be in a really healthy position where a lot of people just stayed skating. But there was something about the air around skating that people just drop it. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Do, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a, <clears throat> it's a certain, I think it's a certain attitude that rollbladers have about like really desperately wanting to prove themselves and really desperately wanting to show rollblading in a certain light to the public. And they, they look at the young rollerbladers as having what, uh, they, what they perceive as what rollerblading should be. But I think that will change. I think it is changing to a certain extent. Like it is. People are recognizing the, the, the value in the, in the wizards. Like, the wizards are, they're the wizards. Yeah. And, it's and like, they've, they've, they've mastered the thing. It's like a young what was the quote? Who said it? Like a young person who is very skilled at something at a young age will never be as good as the master. I said who, that. It, you said that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like when uh, Yoda has to fight, like, or or any of like old kung fu movies, like the master trainer, if he has to fight, he'll like if he has to throw down. He has, he's figured it out. Yeah, but he doesn't. Because the young, the young. No, not person, that I'm saying I can throw down. But when but, Yoda fights in Star Wars, like when he actually has to fight, he's really yeah. fucking good at it. The young, like people, always have to start in a phase of imitation. Like that's the only place to start. You can't, you can't just make up your own thing when you're a young teenager. You have to look up to something and then imitate it. That's how. That's how a young person progresses. They, 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 they become themselves by imitating things that they idolize, always. And then as we get older, we transcend that and we, we start to not imitate. We start to, if you're a true wizard, you start to uh, act like on your own terms. You start to develop a sense of like what you think is is worthy and you 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 make your way and not just like following other people's footsteps but you have to start by following people's footsteps our species loves to imitate well that's what we do yeah that's and what we do we are all of our behavior like we imitate that's how we learn we learn through imitation but yeah. then when you become a true wizard you go beyond imitation and you're able to like act like caterpillar to butterfly act. exactly but that's a and hard thing to do that's a hard place to get and even when you think well, you're acting fuck. under your own terms you're still you to a certain degree you're still imitating something what are you Gee. imitating 
when we, when we speak this language, we didn't invent these words. We're imitating all these people who, who we watched and listened um, to make these symbols. Everything is imitation. We didn't create yeah. English. We're just using the words that we listen to other people make, and we're imitating the way that they made it in order to communicate our ideas. It's all imitation. That, okay, this gives, this is a good segue. I have a few different points. Um, uh, so a lot of first-generation rollerbladers, right, started on, I don't think you did, but you would have had big wheels. A lot of people before they discovered what quote-unquote aggressive skating is, which is a joke word still in my mind, uh, they started on like rec skates. Like their first experience of skating was on a pair of hockey skates or rec skates. Yeah. And it was really smooth and they, they loved it. They didn't maybe like instinctually they would jump off of things or whatever, but they didn't know of tricks. Yeah. And I think that's like, had there not been the influence of skateboarding and Senate and all that stuff and the different differentiation, if that's a word from roller hockey and all that stuff. I think we would have started to develop more of our own style early on. Like, well, I th- yeah, I just think it's so important for young skaters to start on rec skates or flat rocker. That older blader edit it's gave, so like, important. made me think about how, um, like skate technology, like there was a lot of grinding and there was a lot of like I think like the power blading thing and, and hopefully Seba's more in the future it's really beneficial to like have that experience of just how fun rolling around is yeah. and it'll really enhance your when you do grind or whatever it'll really give you a new appreciation for how that feels and then I, I just thought of this thing like people worry about being good at skating right quote unquote yeah like good at skating, whatever that means in aggressive skating. Like I'm not very good at skating and no one focuses on being good quote unquote at skating underline. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Like that makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) We worry about being good at skating when in fact, okay. You're saying, okay. You're saying that I understand what you mean, but what you're saying is like good at switching up on a ledge or good at spinning into a grind or good at holding a grind for a long time. Like you're the, you're talking about like the way people perceive what it is to be good at rollerblading. Yeah. But they need to focus more on what you're, I think what you're saying is they need to focus more on being good at rollerblading at just yeah. rolling on the ground, which if you are a wizard, you're very, very good. You, you are, you're at the top of the game. It's like, it's all a value system, right? It's all like, we're talking about a value system. Like we value what you are able to do when you're sliding on the plastic of your blades. We need to focus on how do you get from point A to point B? How do you roll like a ninja through a crowd? How do you maneuver through obstacles on your roll blades? And I assure you that the wizards will beat the hot young dogs for sure (laughs) in a wizard race a wizard race through wizard obstacles all right let's have a wizard race (laughs) that's a good idea wizard races on rollerblades 
there should be more wizard races. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If we're smart, we could just uh, set one up for the next video and film it. Yeah. A wizard race. That was kind of like what I wanted. I I, I told you that idea about... uh, That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, for a mushroom blading. I really think like it could be produced as almost a pilot for a TV show. And it could be like... Like, it could be a called wizard race. And everyone, if everyone wore robes, like if everyone in the wizard race wore white robes, um, and the point is, like, we could create, I think it could be the most exciting form of role-playing the world has ever seen. (laughs) Joey, I believe in this so much, I have a vision. But I need you to help me execute this vision. We need investments. We need we need to I make a even... pitch video and then we get a bunch of doctors and dentists together. Yeah, I think I think we could make something that like Wipeout is a successful show. We could blow that fucking show out of the water. Imagine a Wipeout on rollerblades and not just regular people on rollerblades, wizards on rollerblades. I'm telling oh, you, man. I'm telling you, Joey, you, this could be incredible. If everyone had like a character, it was like wrestling where you got oh. to do a speech before your run and stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> like, you know how in American Gladiators, they yeah. like play a character. There's like Fuck Blaze yeah. and stuff. Yeah, if everyone had like crazy nicknames. Like <laughs> Actually, show... no, the character idea isn't good. If, if the people just were characters that did it, like naturally. Well, yeah, they would be. <laughs> That's a good wizards. idea. Oh, and... Uh, uh, the that you know, learning to skate. Here's my other point, and we'll get back to the obstacle course. That Rodney Mullen thing. Okay, he started out in freestyle, right? Yeah. And he just invented a bunch of shit. Like he got really good at skating on flat ground. Yeah. That was his thing. Yeah. And then street skating happened, and he thought he had no career because yeah. he was just a freestyle skater. When, in fact, he invented a bunch of shit that they did on in street skating, right? Yeah. Okay. And then he starts street skating, and then didn't he just revolutionize street skating, too, once he started doing freestyle on street? Yeah. He, he realized that he was a wizard. See, that's what should be happening. Yeah. That there should be a freestyle base of, like crazy all the pivot points and stuff like all of the possible stuff that you could do with basic skating skills on flat ground and then you take those to street obstacles it's it made sense in skateboarding like if we are to take anything from skateboarding it's that freestyle is the basis of all of their tricks for the most part isn't it didn't it come from freestyles yeah it all came from freestyle so we just how they created their thing so then rollerblading comes along no basis of any... Our only basis we ditch right off the bat. No, 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 no. We're, no, no, not recreational skating, not roller hockey, none of that dance shit. We're just going to take the best parts of skateboarding. And that's rollerblading. Yeah. That's aggressive skating. Well, we to- Yeah, exactly. You just said it. We totally neglected our own birth. We neglected where we come from. And we... <laughs> We tried to separate ourselves right from the beginning. And we tried right from the beginning of quote unquote aggressive skating. We tried to separate ourselves from what we are. <laughs> yeah, thanks, so Arlo. Of course, of course, we're fucked up. Of you got to ask Arlo about that. Of course, we're made fun of. We suck. <laughs> Rollerblading sucks. 
Do you want to know what makes it worse? And again, I love rollerblading. I love it. I've done it for a very long time. I'm yeah, still going to do it. For, I, I love it. It's so funny how we thought we were so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it made it worse. Yeah. It made it way oh, wow. worse. Yeah. And then not only that, but in the later years, trying to convince people yeah. that we, we had, like, We've made it. We've like, been around for no, this no, long. No. You no, have to respect You've got to see the new hot edit. You've got to see this. This will change <laughs> your mind. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Rollbladers are doing the craziest shit now. you got watch this. You know what? It's hilarious. It's hilarious to think like... It's hilarious to think, okay, we all thought, like as Rollbladers, we all thought that this is amazing. There's no way this can't take off. You've heard people say this like, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Five years, ten years, it's only a matter of time. This yeah. shit's going to pop off because this shit's yeah. amazing. You know what? <laughs> everyone that said that and everyone that was in rollerblading were, were like a bunch of fucking retards. And they saw the world in such a fucked up way that they believed that rollerblading was going to quote unquote blow up. What was a You fluke? know what? It didn't. Our, our it placement didn't. in history was a fluke. Yeah, it was a, it was a freak thing. Of course we of course we died out. It it was like a we were like a fake culture. Oh yeah. And like in a lot of ways we still are. Like we we're still just like riding this uh, like we need to rediscover what we really are and not be ashamed of that. Well, no, as a, people are refu- – whatever, the way the industry or whatever is set up right now, people are fucking refusing to acknowledge that shit. Yeah. Yep. Leon, on the other hand, I, I, I don't have a conflict of interest. I, maybe I do, but I swear Leon's the, been the closest. He – yeah. I think he's opening up to a lot of things that most people in the industry are not. Like, yeah. He's not your typical – person that's involved in the industry like he's not he's not stuck in the past and i think a lot of that has to do with being in canada and not being entrenched in this like quote-unquote industry like i think a lot of like the people who are people need to be need to speak up more people need to like speak i don't know people are like protecting their careers protecting you know, this, this happens in every industry or every, like, government or every old structure. Like, people who are in the old structures, they don't want to hear people talking like this. They don't want to, they don't want this shit to be questioned. They just want it to be like, that. that is how it is, and, and this is rollerblading. They don't want it to be talked about. But then the people who are free, you've got to free yourself and be able to talk about things in a realistic way and be able to diss yourself and be able to diss where you come from people are people just suck the cock of the past of what rollerblading used to be and they don't they're they're not they're unwilling to realize that it's all a joke it's all like it it comes from from unconfidence it comes from self uh like it comes from hiding what you really are it comes from a a, a shame of rollerblading the the line from uh, that blading the edge thing we took the best of skateboarding and bmx and we just dwarfed those bozos <laughs> yeah you dwarfed them good job 
come back when you're awesome. Yeah. Come back when you're awesome, dude. But it, hey, but it's funny because at the same time, yeah. at the same time, like rollerblading really is it. It has the potential to be amazing. It has the potential oh. to be so fucking incredible. Within the old structure, how far it's how far people take it, it's amazing. Yeah. How far people have taken it in the old structure, but man, plant some new, place some new structures underneath it yeah. at the base. You know. Yeah. And that's, I think that's another problem with the, like the, the older blader edit is like, has, as impressive as a lot of the skating was, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, I felt a sense of like, they were trying, they were trying to be a quote unquote young blader, or they were trying to live up to what rollerblading is now in, in, in their head. They weren't like trying to take their experience and change what rollerblading can be, or they weren't taking yeah. risks they didn't have There's the confidence a, to to do something new with their skills. Drew Backrack rode upstairs. That was one of my favorite things. What was the other thing Actually, I liked? Oh, yeah, and, and Edward's The Toast Bin. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was it. That was... Like, but, okay, this is the problem. If it's not... If it's not... Uh, if one of the Volo team members doesn't do it, and if it's not in the new Adam Johnson video, it's not going to catch on. <laughs> Pretty much. Isn't that yeah. kind of how it works? Like, don't they have a decent stranglehold, like, over the trends in skating? Yeah, to a, yeah they do to a certain degree. And you know whose fault that is? I think... Who? Ours. I don't know. Well, it might be our fault. It probably is. But it's also the attitude that certain people have when they're, like, like just the fact that they called this older bladers. You know, it's instantly kind of just writing it off as, like, oh, it's just, it's old guys, like, having fun. They still got it. You know, it's, it should be, like, these are the wizards. Like, these are the people that rollerbladers should be looking up to. But it's a yeah. lot of people that like maybe they gave up or they I don't know they they gave up on being confident. They're not like I was thinking about how awesome Tim Ward is. Like, Man, Ward there's some people so who like you can tell they they just do it for fun or whatever. Like oh there's there's God. people in that edit where they do it once in a while and it's just something fun, like joking around, having fun with friends. But Tim Ward's trick was like just a fiery dragon ball passionate energy it's it's funny that like when matt ledoux does that trick i think matt ledoux is the only person that i've ever seen do that trick like the, yeah. the roll up to backflip when he does it people perceive it as like fucking groundbreaking like holy fuck like that was incredible you know like that dude's so sick and then but but like when tim ward does it in the context of the older blader edit People people look at it as like he's an old guy who can do a flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's that's it, so it's, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Tim Ward, rollerblading so needs wasn't, you very badly. Yeah, wasn't Tim Ward Shane Coburn's favorite rollerblader? Yeah, and if you go back, because uh, he's not like my Dion Anthony like of all the uh, Aust I love a lot of the Australian skaters like even today 
CJ Wellsmore is his name isn't mentioned enough for how amazing he is, but um, Tim Ward, if you go back and look at how amazing he was, the problem was yeah. he had that section in VG six and it was a lot of uh, ramp and vert skating. But if you actually go back and watch that, he was doing some really, really, really cool shit that um, yeah. people still aren't doing today. That double fast plant to kind grind even in that the ding dong daddy of the D column. Oh, yeah. Just the way that he de- the way that he uh, executed things. Uh, um, <clears throat> he was. I don't even know how to understand his like how to describe his skating. He would go so fast and totally commit to things, but be really confident at the same time. And his body positioning, he wasn't really worried too much about how things looked, but they looked amazing. I don't even know how to explain that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can be so hard to articulate like why you love a person skating so much. It's such an abstract thing. To put it into words is, is so bizarre. It's like translating... A, a, bo- a, a like a body language to a written language, but yeah, I, I know. Guess, what it, like he he did a lot of really creative things. I think his diversity was really impressive. How he could oh, rock yeah. a vert ramp and he could rock street and he could rock yeah. park and he it was uh, like it was very free the way he skated and it was very unique. Like it, it his style was very raw. I don't know. It yeah. was very, it was very imperfect. A lot of the stuff was really imperfect. Yeah, he has some, but he go, he was went like full bore too. Yeah, like like the the energy that he put out when he did a trick was like as much as he could possibly give. Yeah, in that moment, yeah. his uh, he has some really cool skating in that uh, filthy habits that Blink One Eighty Two section. Yeah, I love that section. I he love does some that really section. awesome stuff. Yeah. It was a lot of street stuff, eh? It was a lot yeah. of like weird street stuff. Yeah, really weird. St- I got to I don't think that's online. There's like um we were talking about that this weekend like we should try and figure out a list of stuff that has to go up still cuz like filthy habits is a really good one to put up. So like weird, weird videos that you wouldn't maybe once in a while you would get a hanker in to watch like if you think about someone like Tim Ward. If you're on a Tim Ward kick, you, you need filthy habits available. Yep. I was having a thought recently that I really have to pee and I think we should take a break, but I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I was having a thought that I was going to not, I was going to stop watching rollerblading edits. I'm not um, sure you've had that same thought. I, was like, uh, I just need to stop. I need to like completely stop for a very long period of time, like three years. I need to just not watch yeah. any rollerblading and just reevaluate what I think rollerblading should be because yeah, yeah. I'm so influenced Everyone yeah. is very influenced. We're so influenced. We, we're so oversaturated with media. We watch so many edits that it's like, okay, that's... Like, we still are. Whether we like it or not, we're still creatures of, of imitation. imitation. And when we watch all this shit, it just makes you think like, oh, I need to skate like that. I need to skate like that. Yeah. I think that's sick. That's so sick. Like, it's a problem. There's so much skating that I think is so sick that I can't do, and it just fucks with me, and it's like... It makes me feel guilty for not being able to do like a true porn star or whatever changes the way that we skate for sure like this weekend i kept hitting the quarter pipe and i said like it gives me the best feeling like in the quickest way possible and it was harder to do what i actually want to do in skating totally because also there's different styles like that 
is you get excited in the moment if other people are grinding the quarter pipe. I have like that competitive aspect. Not not that I would be able to compete, but like to do a nice grind on the quarter pipe. But that like it does. It feels so good to hit a a grind, like to roll up a quarter, to hit a clean grind, and then roll back in. That feels so good. Yeah. I, w- I was really happy that I had Sebas and, and my, my abilities were like limited in that area because it just made me like it made it easier to focus on what I actually wanted to do. But yeah, I did miss like did. I, I have been craving to do like just a really fast, clean kind grind on a quarter. Whoa, like, I love I, the top feeling soul. of doing that. Top right. soul for me. I, I can't. I, top acid. Like, oh man, if I could do a top acid, 270 back in. Uh, fuck that. And then guess what happened? That quarter pipe fucked me up. Yep. I'm out for at least another couple weeks, but Shit. it's going to be a good thing. You got fucked up, eh? Yeah. I, well, I won't be able to skate aggressively, but I'm able to skate recreationally and use my speed skates, which have been awesome. Yeah. Which you got to get a pair. If, you don't, if you're using I your Sebas for the seawall, that's like using like a, a Discman instead of an MP3 player. But I do love the maneuverability. Like, no, Sebas are really one, fast, and I still love one, just, like, being able to to just, like, kind of fuck around and, like, do a swivel. Like, I do love that. That's true, that's true. Once you feel the glide, though, I guess if you were know, going Sebas out with the intention of playing fast. around a little bit. Yeah. Sebas are pretty fucking fast. Have you like, tried, like, a good pair of racing skates with, like, 110-millimeter wheels and a super long frame? Like, no. the glide on that you can... I'll race you on mine. We'll see whose skates are faster. Oh, them's fighting words. <laughs> go, go pee. I'm going to pee, too. Okay. Okay, let's pee. Are we, are we going to keep going after this? Yes, I'll call you back. Where are we at? Okay. Uh, I don't even know, but I'll, okay. I'll call you back. Okay. Hi. Hi. What was that crazy sound? What what song? There's a crazy sound. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Where? You know, what's up? I was thinking. I was thinking about the uh, the private uh, podcast that you sent me and Leon. Yeah. And I think. Do you hear that? No. I hear a. Any, okay, it's gone. I'm just going to close some things. I think the thing that I loved most about it was it, but I think, um, I think me and the rest of like rollerblading in general is really in the habit of like talking about how awesome they are and about how awesome rollerblading is and talking about, you know, all the, the awesome shit that we're doing and why rollerblading is so good. But, but, the refreshing thing about the podcast that you sent was really like challenging what we're doing and, and really criticizing it. And I think as a culture, we need to learn to criticize ourselves more and learn to like out, like point out areas that we can do better in. And, and, and instead of saying we're awesome, we've done so much awesome shit, say to yourself, what can I do better? How can I make this better? Because, like, people are just... Rollbedding is really stuck in this repetitious pattern where we're doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. We need need to say, okay, this... You know, we've done this, and it was great, whatever. It didn't really work the way we thought it would. Rollbedding didn't blow. So, like, how can we make it better? How can we think bigger 
and more mature? How can we, we're older and wiser and we have better technology. How can we make it better? This is the problem. It's, it's the same thing related to the like, robotists would interpret that, that like, just make things better. Like the same thing as like, quote unquote, good at skating. We just <laughs> interpret that shit wrong. Like, oh, I'm going to make my next section the best possible section I can make. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, we're going to make this video, like, we're working really hard on this one. How long have people been doing that for? What is that doing? It's not doing anything. Like, yeah. that right. idea of, like, what's the deepest, deepest vision for your skating and for a video that you have? Like, <clears throat> what are the stories? Do we have stories to tell? What are feelings that you have about skating? Like, we just fucking do. And when it is stor- storytelling, it's, like, the same fucking thing. The places that I've been to and the people that I've met uh, never would have happened without rollerblading. I feel like I'm a different person because of rollerblading. Like, just this surface shit. Yeah. There's so much darker stuff to explore. And I don't know. There's so much to do. So many possibilities. Yeah. Did that, uh, like, that idea of how you say, uh, to be better and to criticize more. We always interpret that wrong. We just look at other fucking sports and what they're doing for their videos and try and make ours like them and be like, hey, look, look, we're still, we're still on an equal playing field, right? Yeah, we can do that too. We have, no, we have no foundation, but look, we can hang with the big boys. Yeah. Our videos look like yours. We can do big gaps and big rails, and we can present them in many different ways that look the same. Yeah. 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 We need to think about what we're doing. We need to figure it out, Joey. What are we gonna do? We gotta. We. We got. I. I love. I love the. Uh, the seed that you planted in my brain. Like I love it. We gotta. We. we it's there. It it's, had to it's happen. Deep, it's I had deep to under it. the surface. It's deep under the surface. There's something there, and we know it's there. I know you know it's there. I know I know it's there. It's there. We got to go fishing. Yeah, the how problem we, is we that gotta I, I, we got to learn how to fish. We got to learn how to fish again. I feel like we don't believe. Uh, we have to believe, and really, really be uh, those bigger and bolder people that we know we can be. But you can't do it. Just say it. Yeah. You have to get there somehow. So it's that's what it's about. It's not an easy thing to do. That's why no. most, most people never get there. No. Like, and you have to work really hard and you have to be organized and really focused. Yeah. Like you can't, what I said is like, I don't want to keep making just, I don't want to go out and film tricks and put them together. Yeah. I want to do more. But where does it start? How do you, what, what is the, what steps do you take? How do you get there? Oh, the first one is you just have to hear the call. You just have to hear the call that you want to do it. And that's when it starts. Right. Knowing that you want to do it is, and saying that you want to do it is the first step. That's true. Um, well, if you just look at the hero's journey, we could go through that. That's pretty. Or any any psychedelic experience is the hero's journey. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fear involved, and you don't want to leave the place. It might be painful in some parts. You may have some near death experiences. 
And then you come back to the place that you were at the beginning, but with new knowledge. So pretty much like where we would be right now was, is just acknowledging that we've heard that you have a deeper sense of that you want to do more and be more. Yeah. And it's like breaking down what you think is right and how you have approached it in the past. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like that's what we did. That's the reason we started a different video series. Yeah. But so, I mean, and we didn't, Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask, like, and and you might not know the answer to this, but but just try to to answer it. How do you? Okay, you're you've got like a day off, and you feel this this urge. You want to go out, and you want to film, and you want to try to create something. Like, how do you approach that? What what? Do, how do you do it? Mm, well, that's I'm trying to figure that out because lately. Or the past while, I would do like those park sketches, and I've filmed like. Or am I, is it just me, or is it you and I? Let's say it's you and I. You and I. Yeah. Um, I would think there would be a large amount of stuff, like a base in our heads, or maybe some stuff written down, some very specific things that we want to go out and do, and it's going to be really awkward. Uh, some of it's going to be super fun. What I kind of like see right now is taking parts of the old videos and putting actual ideas and emotions and feelings behind the things that would have been entertaining before. Whereas I just like, I filmed everything and I looked for moments to mix with the skating. I want to start filming things that mix with the skating that go beyond entertaining and into something yeah. a lot deeper. Would you say that it's it's an attitude that you take with you when you when you leave the door and then you can't actually because the hard thing about what we do as rollerbladers is you can't well you can try to plan mm-hmm. things. You mm-hmm. can try but but when you start to try to incorporate the world into what you're doing, you really need to go out with an attitude of like accepting what is and working with it you can't just outline exactly what you want to film and then go film it that doesn't work because there's so many variables involved right so no in a in a sense it's like it's like you can't just go out and 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 have a clear like this is what i want to film this is how i want to do it it's it's an attitude and then you have to roll with the punches in order to be uh creative you need to prepare to be creative yeah I like so that. Is it like, is it writing things down? It'll be a mix of everything, but I do have a, f- that for this one at least, it's going to be a mishmash of everything we've done. And then I think for future ones, uh, I want to expand on whatever we're chasing after. So this, for whatever we're going to start with, we're, we're not going to know a lot of it. We'll know a little bit. And then I like the idea of not thinking bigger and better, but expanding. On whatever uh, whatever we end up working on right now, like just taking just taking big risks and not worrying about making that thing, just just trying to like get to, just trying to learn from what we're doing. Yeah, I just have a feeling that we we would be we would be way too stuck if we would have followed any of the previous ways. So I I 
keep thinking about using pieces of everything with some new ideas to make something new. And I feel like we've been doing it long enough to, you know, to try something. Yeah, we we do need to have faith in what we know and and what we feel, but at the same time really criticize it and sit down and and really mock it to death. Yeah, cuz I Oh yeah, keep going. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Just that. Well, just cuz I like I really like each of the mushroom blading films and I still Yeah. I, I really like parts of every video that we've ever made. But I I have a feeling that there's good bits of each one that are missing in some giant hole. Plus, we we live in a time where you're allowed to you can do so much with a video, yeah. and it's intense, yeah. And they're really they're not. We haven't made a video that's that creative, really. No. Yet we really haven't. I the way I look at all of it is like it's all just preparation, and it's all just learning. It's none of it is like a masterpiece. No, per se. it's just it's just trying shit, and yeah. I think that's a great way to approach things. Is really like to really to really realize that you're a baby and it, this is the beginning, and to treat it as just an exercise and just to try different things out. I like I like the idea of creating like some sort of some sort of rules or structure for what we're gonna do. And then really just experience that. Like I think yeah. the wacky mode experience was a really good experience where it's just you, you do a performance, right? And you, you do it for a longer stretch of time. And it's not just focusing on one thing. It's, it's just doing a bunch of different things and covering a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah. And though... Just documenting it and not doing it over and over. That's it. What you just did. That's it. It's not yeah. like I think that was a really intelligent push. And I think like the future is kind of combining all of these like elements, all these different ideas and and then and then taking it and making it something that is widely available to people where it'll appeal to you if you're just into yoga or you're just into watching TV or you're just into playing baseball or playing poker. Like there's something underlying every activity that we do as human beings that we can make something that everyone will, will draw this really powerful feeling from. Yeah, definitely. Just communicating, uh, communicating a feeling and that's where i said like i like the older videos we did that a little bit yeah. there was people who got really excited to do stuff i like that but i feel like it was still quite surface yeah um it, totally well it was i think it was really that's why awesome, we were, ca- we were catching fish on the people. top or yeah. we were catching fish like near the top they were easy fish yeah for sure they were really easy fish but you can't even you can't catch crazy fish at that those ages no and we like even with videos that we made up to this point like you know try and go fit for deeper fish but you're not going to and and i still think like the biggest thing that i took away from sorry it's funny it's funny because like young people are able to catch for an older person to catch those fish they would have to go very deep but because we're new to the world they're right there 
Like I the think fish? young pe- young people have this ability to grab really deep fish as if they're just like surface level fish. Young Men people have that know. idea because they're new to the world. They're not they're not constrained, and I think that's what we did. Like it was easy for us, but for like people that were around for a long time to to catch those fish, good fucking luck. Like they would have to go deep. Like I think young people really have that potential to just out of their sheer fucking ignorance. Young, I think young people are capable of so much. Oh, we catch a lot of fish and we don't even know we caught them or we don't know what to do with them and they slip away really quickly. Yeah, exactly. Or you're like, you're you're like swimming around all the fish at all times with your perception, yeah. and that's why good stuff can come out of being younger. Yeah. And you don't even realize how powerful it is. You're just fucking around. Meanwhile, you're swimming around in deep waters. Yeah. Well, because you're, you're, like I said, there's a difference between, like, believing it and being it. There's, if you're, if you're just in it, like sometimes when you're younger, you're just in it. Like, you completely believe it. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, some of the older videos have a vibe that wouldn't be in the newer videos. Yeah. Because as you get older, things change and you try and translate that into feelings and emotions that go into the videos. But like for older videos or whatever, it's like I just, that's all I was focusing on was making a video. And that comes through in the video. (laughs) And I feel like I can take that and we can grab onto that. We're, we're, We're old enough and smart enough now to be able to grab onto that, that when we need to. And then build something. I don't know if that makes any sense. It, yeah, it makes sense. It, um, think, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like you can you can draw on those experiences, but then look at it in an older person's mind. Like not not that we're older, <laughs> but like older than we were at that point, and more experience. I think something I was thinking about is that there. You know, you used to hear, and I've heard people say, like, you, you, you peak, like, your appreciation of life and combined with your physical ability and your experience and your intelligence, it all peaks at, like, 35 or 36 or something. That, that's uh, Joseph Campbell, I think. Yeah. I think that, I think in our lifetime, the age of, quote-unquote, peaking. Might be 45. Yeah, I think it's going to get later and later. I think by the time we peak, I think it'll peak at like 50. And I think our physical ability and our experiences and the intelligence that we have, I think I really think we are just babies. Like we're just beginning this. Like we're living in a world where that peak is going to happen later and later, which is an exciting thought. Yeah, it's so exciting because that's where... It, these things that you create make more sense how you're not you're not trying to make the best anything or anything good you're just trying to figure out where you are in life by making stuff and then by making more of it you'll naturally get to a place where it's more refined and focused yeah and um yeah if you can take if if i can take away what i was trying to articulate in that podcast what i kept or I don't know if I kept saying it or if I came to the conclusion just by talking out loud, but we're stuck in so many old structures and we're desperate for new structures. That was like the one thing. That's why these podcasts have been so good because it's a new structure. We're still talking about the same shit or, 
or involved. We're not talking about the same shit, but it's it, rollerblading is like at the base of it, but it's a new structure within rollerblading. And that's why it's so exciting to us and so fun to do because we're just yeah. desperate for new shit. That's why I said you and Leon got second and third in a cone skating competition, desperate for like a new structure. Yeah. And and the amount of energy that you're you and Leon are able to put into like cone skating or not even cone skating but just using your sebas, it's such a fresh experience and there's so much built up pent up energy for something new that when you do start something like a podcast or skating sebas or there's a lot that comes out. So I, I feel like in video form, that's where there's like a blockage of what's possible, and it's not necessarily like a new structure for a video because it'll always be images and sound, but just, uh, the traditional format of the skate video can be mixed with so many other things. Yeah. And that's like, that's where the new structure comes in is like a lot of my favorite stuff right now, be it music or movies pulls so many different influences from so many places and makes it cohesive. And I don't, I feel like we've, done that a little bit we've tried to but i feel like it can be taken to a much higher level yeah and that's that's <laughs> i think that's such an important thing to realize is because you get into this pattern where you just perceive what you're doing as like this is what it is that's it goes back to how how i try to create ideas is like looking at like you take things for granted like i think people take making a edit or making a video they take that like oh this is what i'm trying to do obviously like this is what a good video is but there's so much that you can do with a video there's and it, and it's not that easy that's the thing no. it's so difficult like it's easy to imitate what what you've seen in the past what you've seen as like what a good video is like it's easy to try to make a coup d'etat or try to make uh, brain fear gone or we're going to make a words you know you're going to make a lot it, of shit yeah because it's been done and you're just trying to imitate what people have done and you're not Dustin Latimer <laughs> you're not Brian Shima no. you're not John Elliott no but you're trying to be John Elliott yeah but, but you have to just be what you are and you have to you have to realize like how like there's so much that you can do like think about all the possibilities there are with a movie think yeah about, like i'm gonna make a movie what okay what's your what's your idea for this movie well i'm just gonna make it i'm gonna make a really good movie i'm gonna make it the best that's that's how people approach making a skate video yeah. They say, oh, it's like, okay, like what, what's your, like, what are you doing with this video? Well, I'm just, we're going to make a really good video. Yeah. Well, and then okay. like, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like what, what kind of flavor, like what, what kind of thing, like what, what, what kind of video are you making? Uh, like, we're just going to make it really good. Yeah. The K the, and this is the thing. The problem is that that difference between art and entertainment. Like what was the last, I mean, I watched the Avengers and it was so as entertainment, it was awesome. Yeah. But like, am I going to really remember that experience? Like, did it hit me on that deeper level? Like, was it in the new structure? Not really. Yeah. It was like the classic Hollywood 
structure and you can have a quick experience that'll feel really good in the moment. It'll wear off and it was like enjoyable. Yeah. But like, what was the last really good experience that you had watching something? It probably was something that wasn't in like a traditional, it was structured in a non-traditional way. That's what I find. Yeah. Things that hit you by surprise, things that you're not expecting and things you, that are a little bit challenging even like you, they're not just like, pure entertainment they're like maybe they're mundane in parts or maybe they're like uncomfortable they give you an uncomfortable feeling but it's like you you need to take people on that ride of like yeah. uh, you need to you need to challenge people and like hurt people in a sense you need to hurt them and then pleasure them like when you hurt someone and then you finger bang them it's like the best finger bang they've ever gotten because you were just like pushing your thumbs into their eyeballs and they're experiencing that intense pain and then you put your finger in their vagina and they're, and it's just like the contrast like you know there's so many ways to like affect people and it's not all about pleasure like people like some pain people like to look at them well they don't even like it but they don't realize they like it they like to to reflect and, and look at if you can make people think about their own lives or like make people look at the world in a different way that they've never seen and like break down their ego. It's like a psychedelic experience. It's not all pleasure. It's a lot of like suffering and like, Oh my God, like I'm such a bad person or like this world is so crazy. It's a, it's seeing things for how they really are in a way that you're not normally able to see it. And then you can, you can hit people with so many different things in that state. There's so much power. Like, the like the medium of video the medium of movies it's 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 it's, that's why people get hooked on it like i know you're hooked on it that's why like quentin tarantino is hooked on it because they know like this is the the most powerful art that you can produce is the combination of visuals and music and people and situations you could combine all that and make this this world that people enter like you are god like when you are when you make a skate video you are god you can yeah you can give people no we're not you want to give them well we're not god but we can well we are but we're shitty gods we're like we're just like no nobody's even come close to it like i haven't had an enjoyable (laughs) like there's like a hoax too even though it's long there's like some really good filmmaking in that and like Warren Miller. There's like some some shit that's been made that's really good, but like for the most part, action sports not even close to playing god. No. Not even close. So bad at the craft of making videos. Big and stupid, especially like like skiing and snowboarding videos, like helicopter yeah. shots, hel- like helicopter porn for like an hour. Yeah. Like, well, like, how about how about a like a a moment where there's fucking I, I don't even know like a there's one helicopter shot in a ski film and then it, it, there's an emotional build up to it that makes it the best helicopter shot you've ever seen because there's you know what I mean like yeah. actual filmmaking like well, actual I think the problem pro- yeah the problem with like lifestyle sports videos is they've been taken over by they're just commercials. 
That's yeah. the problem with them. They're just Fuck. meant to like promote brands. And as soon as something is meant to promote a brand, it just loses all impact. It's just like a piece of fucking shit. It's just like a Coca-Cola commercial. It could be the best thing. It could be like really amazing to watch and it could be just like really awesome, cool people, really engaging. But then it's still a fucking Coke commercial. Yeah. It's like a lot of these lifestyle videos, they're just commercials. It's and they're so not weird. taking risks. They're not pushing you because they just want to sell a product. It's disgusting. It's weird though. Like, uh, do I just have different preferences, or are those things? Are we just like zombies desensitized to amazing imagery, and it takes more? Like, even though people share like snowboarding trailers and skiing trailers and stuff. Do they actually think it's amazing, or has it just become like a zombie process where we're like, oh, that's amazing, and we don't actually feel anything anymore? Like, Maybe. Yeah, I, I struggle with that. I, I see a lot, of, like a lot of people will show me like, oh, these, this is so sick. You've got to see this. Um, and I do think in a way it's, it's kind of like masturbate. It's kind of like, um, like when they show you a, a snowboarding trailer that's – beautiful to watch and the level like, that they're at too like the level of some of those sports what they're actually doing is so crazy but yeah yeah what it's kind of like people love to sh- like show people things right yeah yeah like they love like oh you gotta see this like people love to say that like i've seen something that you haven't seen and this is so sick um and it's easier almost to sh- to impress someone with something that's just so easy and so like it looks so brilliant but really you're not going to remember that the experience of watching something that really is a challenge and it's not like it's not just beautiful it has an emotional impact that takes more that's not something you can just like it's risky to, to, to point someone in that direction because a lot of people will come back and say, dude, that, that was weird. Why did you get me to watch that? Like, Oh, fuck. The ambiguous uh, feeling is better than even an emotional feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I don't even know how I felt after watching that. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, you're like, it, it'll pop back again, a specific image or a really weird scene. It's like, why is that still stuck? Like, yeah. That's like, that's where I want to go. Yeah. But I want to combine entertainment a little bit with that. Yeah, it can it can it can be combined. Like there's Yeah. There's things that like, appeal to a wide audience that still are very deep on certain levels. Like it can be everything and like there's there's the possibility to create things that are so good that they just can't be ignored. Yeah. By anybody. Even if they fucking hate it. They fucking hate it, but they want to watch it again. <laughs> I hate this. I need to watch it again. I'm so angry. Put it on. Press play. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> I'll always talk about that. I fucking... I'll always remember that guy talking about the Ramones. <laughs> yeah. That's still one of my favorite things. The first time I saw the Ramones, I hated them. I hated the Ramones. Then I showed up every day for the next week watch, to watch them. 
Ah, let's go. I, ah, I hate them. Let's go. Let's go see them again. What does There's that a lot mean? Of, like, what does that mean when someone hates something so much and but they want to see it again? There, well, it's some kind of a mirror for something in, in yourself, and and that's that ambiguous thing again. Sometimes you might not even know why, but you're it's. It's like there's this weird attractor to stuff that I hate. Yeah. Stuff that I hate usually might sometimes be something that's missing inside of me. That's usually the stuff that I hate the most is usually a mirror for like, uh, yeah, something that's lacking or missing most of the time. Weird. For me, it's yeah. Inter- it's interesting to think about what people hate, like, a lot. And that's a strong word. I don't like to use that word too much. Like, I love to use it in a more, like, a swear word, like, in a more exaggerated way. Yeah. Because I don't hate a lot of things, but the, the, the few things that I do hate, usually it's something really d- a dark mirror. Because a lot of stuff, is if it's just not good, it's like, you don't hate it. You just turn it no. off. No. And no, it doesn't, no, no, it doesn't yeah. affect you. It's like, yeah, I yeah. don't want to watch this. Or I'll just yeah. fall asleep. Like, whatever. This is. It doesn't have that effect where you have a strong emotion to it. Like, it's different when you have such a strong emotion to something of dislike. As opposed to just turning it off. You just sit yeah. there and you just, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I can't remember the last time. It, what? There's been a movie. There's been movies where I'll just like get up and walk away because <laughs> it's so like time on on the earth is important. You're gonna want sometimes I'll like just I'll stick it out just to see how the story wraps up, like just for the shitty payoff. Like I I'll know that the movie's bad. They'll be like, well, I'll see. You know, I want I still want the shitty payoff. That lasts like thirty seconds. Like, oh, that was a cute movie. Yeah, that movie was cute. <laughs> it was cute. Just <laughs> bullshit. Oh, Todd, what's the like? So, the deepest vision of yourself and skating and all that. Have you have you caught on to it before? Have you ever um, grabbed a glimpse, or have you not got there? You, you're not there yet. Are you holding back at all? The deepest, I think, I think I constantly I catch glimpses. It's it's very slippery and it's very like uh, there's so many influences going on and there's so many. I'm really fucked up in my like I've I'm an OG or I've been around since the beginning and what I grew up idolizing is. Like an, are you an older blader? I don't think I'm older. But I have been around for a while, and I think I'm yeah. still a victim of of my childhood. Where like me I, too, I idolized a lot of shit. Like I idolized these people a lot. Like I, I, they are very responsible for forming who I am now. And like the Josh Petties, the Brian Shimas, the like Josh the, Petty, Brian Shima. Who else? You know, Those are your two main ones. Like no, the I John swear. John Elliott. The I don't know. Like. There were a lot of people that really, whether I like it or not, they really shaped who I am now and how I see the world, which is so fucked up. But that's the truth. Like, I'm a product of I'm a product of all these like 
old school videos. I'm a product of my daily routine and VG7. And uh, and so is that a bad? Has that turned out to be a bad thing? The older than you get, because it's more difficult to uh, update your your software or your operating system. Yeah, well, well, it's bad and it's good. It's good in that it was a better operating system at the time than NBC or. Oh NBC. yeah, for sure. You know, it it saved me from a lot of like mainstream conditioning. Like it taught me to like question all this mainstream shit. But then I I ate up all this other bullshit that was bullshit, and now I realize it. But that's what I'm a product of. I'm still a product of bullshit. It's different bullshit. Yeah. But it's like I'm I'm still a product of it. I'm 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 thankful that I'm not a product of you know the other bullshit, the mainstream bullshit, or. Like something I always think about is like how much time when when we're young and we're obsessed with role betting videos, how much time do we not spend watching like commercials on television that other kids are watching? Oh, a long time. You know, and we're being conditioned yeah. by these other bullshit commercials. But it, I don't, I it, I think it's healthier than than commercials on TV. But I'm still fucked up by that. It is a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. And it's a bad thing in terms of role betting. It's a very bad thing. A I remember. Uh, uh, no, I'm not condoning anything. Make your own conclusions. But when I first started smoking pot, that really broke some shit down for me. That's when I really started to see through movies and commercials and even skate videos, and that helped helped me helped influence the idea that you can transcend what you're trying to imitate. Yep. Like, I love that it's like a crazy, it's like a truth serum. Yeah. And that's why it can be so fucking painful. <laughs> well, change is painful, Todd. Yeah. That pain that you're feeling is a change. Yeah. Change is so painful, but it's the best thing for you. Yeah. Like, it always, it always is the best thing for you. I still haven't been able to articulate that idea yet that I have a certain amount of uh oh what is not hate uh i have like a bad taste in my mouth from growing up on skate videos still and like some of the stuff that i grew up on and i think we almost figured it out that it we, we were following we were like posers who believed in something like the foundation that we were running on our hardware and software was it was real to us but to a lot of other people which doesn't affect me at all but that that base that we just took the stuff from skateboarding and i loved rollerblading for the feeling of rolling around but there's no influence of distinctly rollerblading that's like i have this bad taste in my mouth still from that and I didn't even know what that was for the longest time. I was defensive for so long, and I still am about rollerblading. But if you start to look from the outside, it makes so much sense. Like, it, I love it, but and I and I love that we live in a time where there's so many influences and everything. But it's so funny that that we were. Well, you, you can you can see we didn't, how it fucked you up. You can see how it was a negative thing for you. 
Yeah. You can see how and it like it it separate it, it in those early years the a big thing for me is how it like separated myself from people. Like it made me feel like I was different from everyone and it made me feel like I couldn't connect with people who weren't role bettors and I felt like an outsider and anything that does that to you is a bad thing. You're not separate from other people. Yeah. Just because so just because you like to do something that they don't like to do. It's like that's such an unhealthy way to perceive the world is is I'm an outsider, I'm different. And and that's that's a huge part of what rollblading preached for a long time to me. Is I went to that church and I got that indoctrination where I I was like, okay, I'm an outsider, I'm different. I I I'm a black sheep. And it worked and and that fucked me up and it still fucks me up. Like it still is a big um handicap in my life. For like, sure. The, yeah. You gotta see the world around you as you are a part of it. You're a person. You are just like everyone else. Just because you're into something they're not into, you can still connect with them. You can still learn from them. You can still have relationships with them. Like, that is such an unhealthy thing. I think that's a big thing that fucked me up. That's where that bigger, bolder thing comes through, I think, is is getting rid of that, the, the church of aggressive skating. Yeah, burning down your personal church of aggressive skating and then building something new in its place. Yeah, it's kind of what it's about. Yeah, like instead of feeling bad for being the weird rollerblader, like like own the fact that you're a weird rollerblader. Yeah, look at the benefit of it. Look at yourself as like it's important for you like you have to you're the shaman. You're going to places that other people aren't going and then you can bring back a lesson to them and you can also learn different things from them because they have focused on a totally different thing than you and everyone it's like everyone in this world goes we start off in this base and then everyone goes in different directions and draws these influences from different places we've drawn it from rollerblading other people have drawn it from art or from skateboarding or from music or from hockey or from like different avenues and you can't look at their experience as being worse than yours. You have to look at their experience as like, oh, you've been over there? Holy fuck. Like, I haven't spent fucking 20 years learning an instrument. I haven't spent, like, all this time focusing on this weird avenue that you've been on. Like, fill me in. Like, what do you got? I'll, I'll share with you. And you got to look at everyone as, like, teachers. The world is your classroom. Everyone around you is a teacher and they can teach you something. And you're a teacher to them because you've been to this weird place. And you can't look at yourself as elite. You're just different. You're just, you come from a different place and that's great. Let's all like, everyone is just trying to accomplish the same thing. We're all looking for answers. We're all trying to be as happy as we can. You can help them. They can help you. And that's almost the stance we have to take with these videos is we have to like make things that are going to positively impact everyone we have to we have to go to these different avenues we have to take these skills that we've learned in this avenue and we have to go on an adventure we have to go on a long journey on a painful journey we have to go to all these other different places draw from them draw from as much as we can and then we make a video we don't just stay in our little cul-de-sac you're right you're right that's good that's really good it's a fluke that um uh, the only, like we rollerblade because it's and we create stuff. You're just trying to articulate what's going on in your world internally, and then hopefully someone else can get something from it, and then maybe they'll make something. 
Yeah. We're lucky that we get to create stuff. It's like a way of processing the world. Super lucky. I love that idea of what is it? Uh, it eternity is in love with the creations of time. I think that's the quote that I wrote on that one thing. I fucking love that idea that we can cap capture things that happen in our life. And then after we die, they'll stay behind, whether they be terrible or, or no one will find them for years or whatever. I just love the idea that we can do that. That like, uh, that's the reason that's the original reason why we got into skating or why people try and learn an instrument for 20 years. Just trying to articulate some feelings that you can't do with other things. Yeah, it's like you. Everyone finds that like you're so lucky to find that thing that really just resonates with you. Yeah, like, and you have to be very careful with it too. It'll it'll leave you if you're not careful. Yeah, you you need to respect it, and 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 there could be other things. I like it's important not to limit yourself to the, that one thing, but you got to honor it. If you feel a sense of passion for anything, you, you need to really honor that. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it, that doesn't happen for everyone. Like you talk to a lot of people and they're like, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I just haven't found that thing. Like I, I love life and I'm passionate and I'm smart I just don't feel really passionate about anything. I haven't found that thing. Like, it's it's it doesn't happen for everyone. Not everyone finds that thing, and we've found it. And 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 a lot of us look at it as a curse. It's like, yeah, we found this thing that we're so passionate about, but it's something that we're never going to make a living from. We're never going to like. It's it's so. That's the point. I think. I think there's a revolution happening that way. But keep going. That's, that's we're not big, supposed we're not supposed to make money from it because then no. the stuff that you make gets better the more that you don't make money at it and the more that you do it with no payoff the better the stuff that you make is going to get it's true yeah and it's not like, not it, it, not better it, by like a traditional term better in terms of like what you're able to grab onto and your focus and your appreciation of it yeah when and you're, I, you're, you're, you learn, I think it's a healthy thing to really focus on things that you don't make money from because you learn to, to, to be inspired by that intrinsic value in things. You're not, you're not looking for a payday. You're not looking for girls. You're not looking for like anything except the, the experience of going through it and, and doing it. And then you're doing it from a pure perspective. And then you don't care as much if people shit talk it or if it's not as successful. It's like because you drew the value from the actual process of doing it. That's so important. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think the whole idea of uh, like fame and everything, I think what I was trying to say earlier about like selling out in big brands and all that stuff, I think that's going to fade as the years go on. I mean, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but it's definitely going to get less and less and i don't know i don't see obviously a world where everyone's creating amazing uh projects and we're all living in caves with no electricity like i don't imagine it like that but i just the people who keep making stuff because they want to stuff's just going to get better because of that i don't know how it's going to level out or whatever but the stuff that's not attached to brands and not like 
that it's breaking down. Like, yeah. can you imagine like being a really talented band and then, and then a record company, like we really like your stuff. And then they give you money to record an album and then you play them the album and they make you fucking change it. Yeah. Like that, that kind of stuff, like that's that, starting yeah. to fade and that, and that's where things get more interesting, you know? But there's and there's still lots of people who want to be fucking famous, and yeah. that the illusion of that, like I, I'm happy more people. There's people who do things just to be famous, yeah, like to create stuff, even on a small level. Like yeah. that's it's, so stupid. <laughs> it's interesting. Like um, today, I was struggling with the the audio, like getting um, the recorder to work, mm-hmm. and Carly was here, and and. Uh, she says, "Well, I was I, I was having trouble." So she's like, "Well, you could just you could just have a conversation. You could just call them and have a conversation. Why do you need to record it?" And, and that's a that's a valid question. And I just said, "That's like, a good question." That's a great question. And I was just like, I was like, because it 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 does heighten the experience. Like when when that third party is there. When it when when there's more at stake, like I do love just talking to you. I love that. I love just yeah. like how like we talked and talked and talked um, on that trip that we went to. It wasn't being recorded. It's not like we no. talk just to be recorded. But there's something really um, magical about having it recorded, and it adds an element of like like it it puts you on the spot. It it, it focuses you. Oh yeah. And it it, it 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 puts this importance on it, and it's it's not like I only want to talk to you when it's being recorded, but it's like, it. I think like if if she had experienced that, if she had done podcasts where she talked to someone for two hours and it was being recorded and everyone in the world had access to it, there's something yeah. that it heightens that level of communication. Like it's yeah, it is addictive, and it is it's like super addictive. It 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 puts it under a microscope. And it helps, like it's just so it's so much fun, like it, it. Yeah. It makes it better. It brings it to the next level. It's therapeutic. It really is. To know that you can put that out there, and even if one or two people, I love the idea of people doing mundane things and and filling up that time listening to people share ideas. That's yeah. what I really like about it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm just such a huge fan of. I love podcasts. They're awesome. Yeah, I listen to them all the fucking time, and I love them. There would have been... God damn it. It's not the radio. Oh, my God. It's just people talking. It's the best shit ever. And, uh, oh, shit. Hello? Hello? Are you still there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My exercise ball rolled back, and I fell backwards. Like, it rolled forward, and I fell backwards. Shit. Would have been really good to get on tape. I thought the thing unplugged. But uh, the weekend, I had so many good conversations. And the ideas of like men getting together and bullshitting about different things. Amazing. I think that's why podcasts are why I connect. Yeah, Getting together and bullshitting. It's amazing. And then creating something out of that that other people can experience. It's like I love listening to dudes just talk shit. Yeah, I'm so surprised Fuck that yeah. there aren't uh, why there's no other podcasts in rollerblading yet. Yeah, because it's a scary thing to do. Yeah, I guess so. But I am surprised that there aren't there aren't any. Hey, like um, 
It's funny because what was what was the the first pod, that was the first podcast? Uh, what was it called? Rolling, Rolling Revival. Revival. Um, back then, like I remember, I listened to maybe a couple episodes, but I I didn't really understand the podcast format, and uh, I didn't really listen to many of them because it was like, oh, this is, this is long and boring. You know, I didn't understand the fact that you can just fill time with it. You can just like while you're sitting on the bus, or you can. I guess when you live in a city, there's a lot of time to fill. Because it's an amazing thing. I spend two hours every day in transit. Well, that's perfect for podcasts. Ten hours a week. Ten hours a week I just spend listening to other people talk. You gotta, Yeah, you got to fill that time with something that will uh, nourish your brain. Yeah, and the best thing that I've found, or one of the best things, is listening to podcasts. Like, it... I notice a huge difference. If I go to work and I don't listen to it, don't listen to a podcast, I'm in like this total other different a different frame of mind. Like if I listen to like a really good podcast or like a Terrence McKenna lecture, I get to work and I'm just like fucking stoked on life. And yeah, really that's excited. such a good feeling. It's cool that they can do that. That podcast can do that. Yeah, I've had that before, where I've like it's changed my feeling of the day. Yeah. It's a really powerful medium. And it's like you don't even – you don't need to sit there and be really focused on it. But you're just like – you are generally focused on it. You're engaged in that conversation. It's – and it's not – it's not like – it's not produced to keep you like in a heightened level of entertainment. It's just people talking. Yeah. <laughs> and what it's, does it mean? What does it, it doesn't mean like it can mean a lot and it can be profound, but usually it's just people talking. They're just why exploring. Why are people afraid to talk? There's people who flake and don't get back to us. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Yeah. Montre, get at me. Let's talk for a oh, let's Montre, Montre podcast be sweet. Yuck, I, yuck em. Yeah. I always think like, like whether or not this is true, I always think like Montre might be like, yeah, I'll go on that podcast. And then he'll phone Shima up like, yo, Shima, like I want to be on this, this, uh, this podcast. And Shima will be like, no, (laughs) don't do it, dude. Really? But, but like I listened to Jay Ball and like, no, sorry. You go on that podcast, you're done. That's just what I think. Like, uh, yeah, I remember uh, Farmer <laughs> sounded like he wanted to do it, and then I just got nothing back. I wonder if it was yeah. like, check with the conference, some men in an office. Is that cool? No. 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 You can't do it. You do that, you're done. You're done in this business. You're, <laughs> you'll never work in this world again. Yeah. The, this world of aggressive inline skating. Maybe you're done in the world of aggressive inline skating. Yeah. Shit, when, yeah. Well, I guess I guess this is this is it. We're at the end. Yeah, it's been good. Has been good. Very good. It's fun talking. Fuck, we're starting the journey. Yeah, it's, it's just the just beginning. barely. Do you have any ideas yet? Not really. I uh, I'm really humble. I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking a lot about it, and I'm trying to figure shit out and I know that it'll come eventually yeah but the only 
thing that I've been thinking is it's got to be a combination of everything, but bigger. It's got to be combining everything, but then incorporating a new kind of thing that we think up. And a yeah. lot of it, I think a lot of it's just going to be exp exploration. We're still at yeah. an exploration level. We don't have the answers. We just have to figure out new ways to explore. I think props are important. Props are awesome. And, setting. Uh, Not spot, but setting. Setting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, if, if we could... Adventure. Yeah. If we could incorporate some kind of like... Like I always thought that skating across Canada would be a really good idea just because it's like it's it's a video but it's not a video it's just like it's a, it's documenting an experience right oh like you're putting like, yourself like, in a crisis basically like actually on long mount skates like skating across canada yeah fuck that's like awesome if we just if we outline a challenge and we're just like okay we're gonna do this and we're gonna document it the only problem with that is that we would need like a crew of people to film it yeah, because we couldn't just film it ourselves. Um, but I think that would be a great idea: is just well, to document us f actually rollerblading across Canada. Your feet? I'm. I mean, I would get blisters on my feet, but your feet, man, you'd have to make sure that the skates that you got would be have to be like super broken in or heat yeah. molded. But I think you no would, matter what, you would no go through what. your biggest <laughs> foot challenge ever. What yeah. were you going to say? No, well, no matter what, you would suffer. It would be suffering. It would be intense suffering, and that's like the the purpose of it is to document that suffering. It's possible to passion. do it. Yeah, it's hey, very possible to skate across Canada. Did you watch that Ezzy Eddie Izzard documentary? Yeah, I, I instantly thought of Terry Fox and the Ezzy Eddie Izzard thing. Yeah, but, and I think there's been some people who have done it or have done like half of Canada. Or a certain section and done it for like cancer research or for some cause, and um, companies definitely get behind that. Like they could fund the production, but then you get yeah. into the question of would you want a logo attached to it or anything? Like, did the Eddie Izzard was he? Did he have to put logos on it or anything? Well, I think it was like a fundraiser for something for like some cancer research or yeah, something so like that. It'd be cool to do it for that reason. Yeah, it would be cool to yeah incorporate some kind of fundraising thing into it and do it for some kind of cause that people. What would, get would be behind. really mixing that with other stuff that as the story goes on for that you would have you'd be filming for something else. Yeah, well you would can even and out. Yeah, combine a lot of things and just any like yeah, it's really interesting to watch people do things that are really difficult. Fuck! So I've thought much, about it before. So much in that. There's a lot of beforehand. How much training did he do beforehand? <laughs> Not a lot. He did Not like a month, much. like a month of training. He was totally out of shape. That's what was so good about it. Was that dude? He was like a fat ass. He was like not an athlete. He wasn't in shape. And then he ran like eight straight marathons. Like he defied fucking like reality like people like you'd be surprised at how like if you're not super fat like how far you can push your body cardio wise yep the only problem usually i've found is like if you just keep hydrated and it's just uh blisters and like pains in your body that 
it's just like little uh, weird things that you have to get over. You can block yeah. them out. Yep. If you go long enough. I remember exactly. like, I could have rode my bike it, such far distances, but the only thing that bothered me was like the seat. Like my ass would get sore on the seat. Yeah. Other than that, my body was like fine. Yep. So skates would just have to be like, you'd have to deal with blisters and all that shit. And the first few days, like your, your, your thighs and your lower back would probably ache so much. You'd be in pain at night. But I think Eddie Izzard, like he was in so much pain the first few days. And then he, he said he just got to a point like by the fifth or sixth day that his body just like, it stopped complaining. Yeah. And he just went into this weird Zen state where, but I think we could do it. I would love to do that. I think it would be a really interesting video. I don't get how it would work about like bombing hills. Like uh, through, where would you go? Would you start like in Victoria? Would you start at like mile zero? I know, like the outer edge, like the eastern coast, like in Vancouver. Are you getting crazy static? No. I'm getting crazy static. That's it. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll do it again for sure. Definitely. It's a lot of fun. We'll enjoy your Saturday. Yeah. And keep it real. You as well. I will. Bye. All right. Peace, buddy. Peace.